Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs and our uh, show of Completely Cannabis with Chris Tanaglia of Valiant. Chris, great to have you on as always. And you've brought a guest with you today, Warren Harris of Canaspire. Warren, great to have you on Radio Entrepreneurs. Thanks so much for having me, John. Warren, you're the uh, VP of Regulatory Compliance. And I know uh, Canaspire, as I've learned, has a, a great reach and services that you guys provide. You want to start by telling us a little about your company and what it is that you guys do? Absolutely. So we've been extremely busy writing business license applications. Um, lately, it's just been New Jersey, New York. Uh, we did just complete an application in Alabama, of all places, which if two months ago you'd have asked me what state we were entering into, I probably would not have guessed Alabama. Um, but yeah, we write business license applications. So SOPs, you know, all of the record keeping compliance, as well as business plans. Um, we'll do security plans. And then, of course, we can do retainer projects for consulting to help people get their facilities set up. So you guys are really, truly national in scope. You, as, as you just pointed out, you're operating in any uh, any states that are coming online for predominantly um, uh, recreational use, or is it also for medical? So we'll do medical or recreational. I will say we do have a heavy focus on the emerging states, but we have done some work in the more established states, uh, Michigan, California, and even Arizona. So um, one of the things I know, Chris, we've talked about on the show uh, before, and one of the challenges in your industry is given that things are um, from a regulatory perspective happening at the state level, uh, since it's uh, not not yet legal at the federal level, how do you guys operate in all these various states, given that the regulatory environment seems to be so much different in every state, that the regulations are, uh, and that must be a challenge, one, for, for your clients uh, to navigate, but for you guys to stay ahead. Um, because it's such an emerging and constantly changing environment, it seems, um, as these states come online, you know, then and are developing their policies and procedures. So there are certain things that are the same and there are certain things that are so different, right? Like every state needs an environmental impact plan. Uh, they all need workforce development. Uh, they all need the nuts and bolts of how the operation goes. The question is, what are the page lengths? What are the scoring criteria, and who's going to be doing the scoring, right? So this is where each state has a unique code. All of them bring in, you know, different things from pharmaceutical industry or other industries to approximate what they think the cannabis industry should be. So it's really a research project, right? Diving into the new state and sort of digging through all of these regs and trying to learn them to produce the best materials. And is it a function, because um, it seems to me, and again, as a as a sort of observer within the state of Massachusetts, that very often, um, uh, I, I don't know how to say this other than time is moving faster than they can adopt and develop the, the regulations. And so it's really um, for operators and, and, and service providers such as yourselves, uh, a real challenge because Sometimes, you know, things are, are gray or there's a lot of gray until something is, is formalized or they've experienced, oh, we never thought about that. Um, and these commissions, and I know, I, I don't know a lot about how people are appointed them, but for most of the commissioners, it's new to them too. Uh, they've never experienced something like that. So how do you guys, uh, you know, you're, you're making a lot of friends, asking a lot of questions. Um, obviously, you're looking to guide your clients in the best way possible, but I would imagine at times there's just, there's a lot of unknowns. 
Yeah, it's a lot of hurry up and wait, right? So New York would be a good example to where we know what the regulations are. They haven't dropped the final notice of application yet. So again, we know the general nuts and bolts of what an application in New York might look like, environmental impact, workforce development, community outreach, et cetera. How many pages is each one of those documents? Um, you know, how are they going to score it? Um, and all of that really comes down to a lot of trying to, you know, get ahead of the regulators, get something developed, and then immediately pivot because, of course, time is money, right? So, as as you may have uh, mentioned, some of these people are trying to secure, you know, spaces, trying to get leases, um, and that's that's time and effort that they're spending that they're not licensed and in operation making money, right? So this is ultimately, um, it's a lot of quick pivots and it's a lot of like trying to uh, get in and speak to the regulators at the state level beyond those state meetings and those council calls um, and really know the lay of the land in terms of when these things are gonna be coming out. And I would imagine that's an area where you guys, uh, for your clients, can can be really helpful because for the individual entrepreneur, it's sometimes very difficult to navigate the regulatory environment and the state environment. Warren, I know you have a lot of experience doing that. Um, you know, it's not as easy as finding that name online and reaching reaching out and uh, somebody from that regulatory office is going to get back to you. But um, where you guys bring, a, I'm sure, a wealth of of, of experience and knowledge doing that sort of na navigating uh, for uh, on, on behalf of your clients must really accelerate the, the, the curve or, or the, uh, the, the um, compliance curve and getting them up to speed in a more expeditious manner. Well, time is money, right? So the sooner you get issued that license, the sooner you can get your build out going, the sooner you get into operations. So it's really about being poised and prepared to submit that application as quickly as possible um, without putting the cart before the horse, right? So this is one of those things where you have to stage out the project, plan your timelines, sort of line up your vendors and your contractors. And then from there, it does help to have consultants, you know, that have experience in other states and can sort of see the lay of the land and sort of where things are heading, right? From your experience, have you seen, um, and I'm trying to think about this because I recall, um, you know, a little bit in the area where we live where, you know, it's been online now for, oh, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe five years or so. And remembering that um, in the initial application phases in some towns, in particular the town where I live, um, there were maybe eight or 10 applicants. And then there were, I don't know, four or five licenses, let's just say for argument's sake. So, you know, 50% of the people actually, or applicants actually received the license. I, I would imagine it's a very expensive proposition to even get to the, the um, phase at which you're being awarded a license. What happens to those other operators? And in your experience, do those people, you know, make this investment of time and energy get denied and move to another town or how, how does that how does that shake out or are those people you know people are failed failed at the entrepreneurial quest at, at opening their own operation have you seen some of that and I'm, I'm just curious as to you know where do those people go do they open a liquor store you know or is that any easier I don't know <laughs> um so a lot of these people are serial entrepreneurs right so they are looking for ways to invest their capital I would say there's sort of two types, right? There's the local homegrown 
business owners. And then there's the people that are, you know, maybe they started in a place like Massachusetts or Colorado or a more established state. And now they're looking to expand their brand, right? So for the locals, if they don't get into their local municipality in their backyard where they own a piece of property and it's going to be affordable and they also have, you know, that little bit of political pull to actually get through the city council meetings, if they don't make it, odds are they're going to have a harder time, you know, going either elsewhere in state or even to another state to try and open up. Then you do have, you know, successful operators from more established markets who they want to repeat this business success that they had. So look, if it they strike out in one municipality, one state, they're going to go to another jurisdiction and they're going to find a way to get in because it's a game of odds and every state that you get into as it emerges is another potential win for you. So do you see a, a point at which um, you know this market becomes like any other marketplace that's a mature market where, um, and I know that there already is some merger and a- acquisition activity going on, but um, you know, in 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 emerging markets, the regulators are always talk about level playing field and making sure that that you know everyone has an op- same opportunity. Um, are we starting to see emergence of some dominant players and going to see you know the the large you know for lack of a better term corporate plays and then you know the small entrepreneurs the 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 battle of the David and Goliath battle going on in the industry. I mean, it's already happening and you do see certain states want the small players. I would say New York is a good example with the card applicants and the conditional hemp processors. They're taking small local hemp processors and turning them into cannabis industry growers. They're taking small social equity applicants, giving them access to a social equity fund and then setting them up with a dispensary. So in this regard, they're doing what they can to sort of keep out the big MSOs and sort of re-enfranchise people already in the industry who have already, you know, maybe suffered for previous state laws to get back in. Now, of course, that's state to state. You turn around and you look at Florida, it's fully vertically integrated. Um, You have to be able to buy, you know, three to five dispensaries, cultivation and manufacturing And you need to be able to put down a $5 million insurance bond before you even can open your doors. So it depends on sort of how the legislature of that state has looked at what they want coming in. So Florida, it's only 18 licenses, and it's been written basically for large multi-state operators, Truly, Cookies, Jungle Boys, like all of these are very familiar names that we know. Um, I will say that it's all a, a crapshoot in terms of, you know, uh, the feds could come in tomorrow and decriminalize or even try to legalize, you know, in the next few years, we expect this to happen. And at that point, GMP and facility compliance is going to be huge. And it's going to be harder for small guys to meet that standard for a clean facility with all of this record keeping and, you know, special hazard prevention um, and critical controls, right? So Mm. that's just my two cents is right now, depending on what jurisdiction you're in, you can make it as a small farmer. Um, I mean, I was in Sonoma County. I remember when Canacraft was just a bunch of farms in Santa Rosa, and now they're like the largest cannabis business in the United States. Um, 
But at the same time, uh, as this becomes a more mature market, yes, you're going to see things consolidate into the hands of, you know, bigger players. And I just I don't see any way around that. Wow, it's really it's really fascinating how it differs from state to state. And uh, did I hear you correct? You said there's the entire uh, um, uh, allocation of licenses in the entire state of Florida is 18. So they have 18 currently and they're opening up another 22. So we're going to have 40 all said and done. But again, where you're even going to find 40 experienced operators with the level of capital and the wherewithal to manage, you know, multiple businesses all under one umbrella that's going to be the real trick yeah really really incredible i mean in in my small town of a hundred thousand people i think there's eight operators um so you know such a you know huge divergence and and then at that point you look at it and say well where's the demand going to be you know if there's that many operators you're going to start to have saturation in in some markets and you know opportunity in others so really fascinating to watch the evolution uh, you guys as can aspire you provide a whole range of services to uh people just coming online people operating people looking to uh to do it right uh and scale their businesses and and um uh, if people want to reach out to you uh Warren if they want to discuss how to how to work with can aspire what's the best way for them to reach out to you Absolutely. So you can go to our website at www.canaspire.com, or you can reach out to me directly at wharaz at canaspire.com. I spelled my name, pronounced my name phonetically, you know, to not confuse people. Um, So it's w-h-a-r-a-s-z at canaspire.com if anyone would like to email me directly. Wonderful. Warren Harris of uh, uh, Canaspire. It's been great learning a little bit more about the industry and, and hearing from your perspective and uh, and wish you guys continued success as, as you're at the forefront of navigating the landscape uh, in this emerging industry. Compliance is the name of the game. It's something that'll catch every operator if they're not prepared. So please feel free to reach out to me to have conversations about that. Thank you so much for your time today, Jonathan. Great. Thank you. You've been listening to an episode of Completely Cannabis uh, uh, with uh, Chris Tanaglia and our, uh, our our wonderful guest today, Warren Harris of Canaspire. And we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs.